it is Adam, and we had the opportunity to speak with Dana Vons over Zoom video. Dana was born just outside Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, but moved around quite a bit up until he's about 10 years old, where his family kind of settled in South Carolina, but he moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in dance and the entertainment industry. Dana talked about scoring his first major role, which is in the Hannah Montana film, moving to Los Angeles, auditioning and scoring a part in the boy band I Am Five, releasing his first solo record called Feelings, which he wrote about his current girlfriend, who he's known since they were seven years old. So he's got a really cool story there. He talks about putting out his first EP in 2019. Dana also talks to us about having his song in the Netflix show, Never Have I Ever. His song's in season two. He plays the reoccurring character, Marcus Jones, and he also announces how season three was just confirmed for Never Have I Ever. So you might recognize him as the role of Marcus Jones. And Dana also talks to us about his most recent record, Love So Different. You can watch our interview with Dana on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Dana Vons. My name's Adam, and uh, this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we can talk about uh, the new music you've been putting out as well in the new video. Cool, man. Yeah, appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Sweet. So um, always start off with where were you born and raised? I was born in a small town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, called Uniontown, Pennsylvania. And um, I was raised a little bit everywhere. I lived there until I was about six years old. I moved to Mississippi for a bit of a time. I was in South Carolina for a little bit of a time. And then uh, the majority of my life I've spent out here in Los Angeles. But lived in four different states before I was uh, 10 years old. Wow. Wow. What was yeah. it like moving around like that? Um. It honestly, it, I don't think it's, uh was that hard on me as maybe some would expect. You know, I mean, I know it's different for, you know, every, you know, different people, but mm -hmm. um, my experience was just pretty good. I actually kind of enjoyed, um, you know, meeting a bunch of new friends and things, you know, every two, three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really just showed me how to, you know, adjust and um, also just make friends, you know, quickly mm -hmm. and also don't get, uh, you know, just really enjoy the moments that you have with people and also to get attached, but don't get attached where you can't move on. So I don't know. It taught me a lot. Sure. I would imagine. I, I would think that would be very hard <laughs> to move around. Yeah, like I think like back that. to it, it really wasn't it wasn't too difficult. Like I said, it just uh, I guess I mean, everybody has a different experience. So I don't want to be ignorant and say sure, I'm sure there's somebody you know, some kids had a very poor experience with that and didn't like, you know, changing schools and things like that. But I, uh, I think, I think it taught me how to adapt, you know? Very cool. Very cool. How did you, how did you get into music? And I got into music through an audition for a boy band back in 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, and yeah, dance brought me out to Los Angeles originally just, uh, that was my first, you know, passion, first, you know, art form. And, uh, yeah, it was an audition and I didn't sing. I was just like, all right, well, it's another job. It was another job to me. I'm not going to lie. It was like an audition. I was like, all right, well, I don't really you know, love this year, this and that, but I mean, the pay seems good and it seems like a good gig. So, you know, let me just learn how to sing for a little bit. And wow. then, from, yeah, that, that's how it started. And then from there, um, I mean, it, it took me, it still even took me after that, you know, audition to be with the boy band and to, you know, be singing those songs and touring. It still took a couple of years for me to truly like love it for myself. I still was just, I love performing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love just being a professional and doing shows and, you know, those types of things. But yeah, it took, it probably took about three years for me to really like, all right, I love my voice. I love singing. I want to, you know, try new things with it. Not just because it was a part of the job, but okay, now I do this on my off time as well. Wow. That's really interesting. So did you move to Los Angeles to pursue a career in dancing or like, how, how did you get to LA? So, uh, I came to LA cause I got some great, uh, great supportive parents. Um, mm-hmm. I came out here. We didn't like fully move and say, all right, we're going to come out here and go for dance. Uh, keep on, I was like nine years old, 10 years old. So like my parents right. were supportive, but they're, we just built a house back in South Carolina. Oh we're supposed to be going to high school there, you know, kind of the whole right. just normal, normal type of deal. Um, and my dad was like, all right, I got three months worth of rent. If you go out there and you know, if, if things are moving and, and things are going fine, cool. We'll renegotiate. <laughs> we'll talk about it. If not, you're coming back home and we're sticking to the plan. Um, so I'm really appreciative of that. You know what I'm saying? I've been yeah. very, um, just humble and not, you know, not this exaggerated experience of, you know, my parents living through me or, you know, a momager or dadager. It's like, all right, people are telling you to come out here to LA. You have choreographers um, who are telling you to come out. I've had choreographers when I lived in South Carolina actually get me signed to agencies out here and they didn't even see me. They're like, all right, you're signed to this agency, this. So I was getting a lot of good referrals and things. So I was like, all right, let's just come out here and see. You. And uh, well, for 12 years later and I never, never left. So. I was going to say, you must have had some success prior yes, to moving yes, to L.A. Yes. It wasn't your, your dad just like, you know, you're pretty well, good. No, Let, it let's was, go. <laughs> I had one job. It was um, I did the Hannah Montana movie. That was my first uh, professional. Wow. job. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was nine years old when I did that. I did a dance competition called uh, sorry, convention called Monsters of Hip Hop. And um, they just have different industry choreographers come. It's actually, a, it's a great company. I know the owners and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jamal Sims, who's done a lot of the step-up movies and just all those types of things, he uh, called the, the owner, Andy Funk, and was like, hey, there's a curly-haired kid in the intermediate room. I need him for the Hannah Montana movie. So then Andy calls me. He's like, hey, because I, mean, I didn't do none of this. Like, I just, I'm literally in South Carolina. I go to a little dance school. I go to these mm-hmm. conventions, but never like, oh, let's go to L.A. And this is a hobby of mine. Sure. Um, so that I get the call and they're like, yo, if you can make it to Tennessee in two, three days, you're a principal dancer. Um, you're signed to clear talent group. And I'm just like, okay. Like it was a great opportunity. <laughs> What's going still, on? Like, so, not, so not in like fatuated with like the, the like extremities of the business. We were just like, all right, cool. It's a cool opportunity. Let's drive out here. And uh, that, that, that was the, the, the deposit that I think gave, you know, my family just like, okay, well, this happened. They haven't even met him and he signed him. He got this. This is his first job ever. Mm-hmm. And it's something of, of some good status. So, yeah, that I think that gave him the confidence. Um, sure. And, I, and when I came out here, I had meetings with Judy Taylor from Disney. Um, wow. A lot of people were trying to like meet with me. I was super young. Um, even I walked in there, she's like, I love you. You're just so small. I can't even, even it's a Disney show. She's like, I can't even do that with you yet. So like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was honestly a, a great time coming out here. Cause there wasn't, wasn't any pressure to make it because there was already the, the, the understanding that if it doesn't keep going, I, I still enjoy my life back where I'm from. I still got my friends. I play basketball. Okay. I'm in like fourth grade, fifth grade at this time, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's, real, it's, it's not this life or death situation. And I think that's why, um, I probably did get the response that I got because it was just genuine and I wasn't trying to get a job or trying to do something. It's like, yo, I'm just kid from South Carolina and y'all, y'all like what I'm doing. So I'm gonna just keep rocking. That's cool. I'm sure your friends are pretty yeah. stoked for you too. Like, Oh my God, my buddy oh, yeah. in a movie. Like, yeah, yeah. no, nah, it was, it was super cool. I actually got to, uh, 
put my current girlfriend actually in the movie with me when I was nine years old. She was wow. in. Yeah, we went, we met at this dance school back in like 2006 or something crazy. And then, uh, yeah, they said, yo, we actually need a girl if you know somebody. And I was like, mom, bring, bring Carly, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to bring her. So it's actually, I mean, it, she doesn't like stay with professional dance anymore. But uh -huh. it's just so cool that me, her, me and her got to share that. Like, she's done one professional job. And it was the job I put her on. That is so rad. That is yeah, really super rad. Cool. Super cool. <laughs> so you're in LA, you you auditioned for this boy band and you had mm -hmm. never sang professionally before or even really at all? No, I actually despise singing. Um, I, That's so crazy. Your yeah, voice is I, so good. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it started after I was in Mississippi and I was going to like this little public school and they were just doing one of those like school commercials. Uh-huh. And they asked me to be a part of it. And it was just kind of this, it's called like Mississippi college savings. It was like showing like kids here. And then they put us in like doctor's outfits or lawyers, you know, just kind of show this transition. But we also had to sing this little light of mine. And I didn't know that it was part of the, the commercial. Mm -hmm. um, and you got all these other little kids and these momagers and stuff, warming up the kids and singing and this. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And my mom was like, okay, do you just know the words? And I was just, that, yeah, that's just, that's just who we are. Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, yeah, so after that commercial, I didn't sing for seven years. Petrified, horrified, terrible. Didn't even sing in the shower. I didn't sing in the car. <laughs> like, I'm so serious. I never let any note come out. It just wasn't a thing of mine. But, uh, yeah, I got into the audition. I, I sang I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. I learned cool. that song. And, um, like I said, from there, I, I started to really fall in love with it and, you know, make it my own and, and those types of things. But it definitely it definitely takes a process. to. Mm -hmm. it, it took a process to get there, for sure. So once you got in this this boy band, I did read also that you were on Kids Bob. Was that the just the records or did you do the tour? Like, I just I, I did. Um, so, yeah, I was part of the first group of like it's called the Kids Bob Kids. So we did all the music videos, all okay. the commercials, all the all the tours. But for the record, that was not my voice on the CDs because they're they weren't the best. So I just want to put that out there. I always say that no hate to Kids Bob. But no, I did not record any of the vocals on there. I was just the the face and the likeness of the of the uh the brand oh wow yeah, that okay. was that i was actually cool. interviewed somebody yesterday that was on kids bob maybe you know that oh, indie, nice. yeah indie star were you there when she was there no i wasn't okay. there. it was me valerie kira harrison like we're we're talking like og like it's okay. like 15 16 <laughs> okay days. yeah yeah that's yeah, rad <laughs> yeah man wow okay so how long were how long did you do the the boy band for uh, I'm five was together for probably about, um, four years, I believe from wow. a sense of when we, when we started and when we, we were put together by Simon Fuller, who created American Idol, mm -hmm. um, Jamie King, who is, uh, one of Michael Jackson's tour directors, one of his dancers, um, Madonna, the Super Bowl, Bruno Mar, like this, everybody, he's wow. incredible. And then, uh, social media guru Perez Hilton. So you had these three guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, you know, maybe, you know, there's these boy bands out. We all have our own names. Maybe they were slightly bored and they're like, all right, let's just start this thing. And they they actually had a process of about nine months of auditioning that I wasn't a part of. I, I literally came in the last callback before they made their final decisions. Um, wow. And so, yeah. And somebody was actually stalking me for two weeks at Millennium Dance Complex. Um, and his name was his name was Felipe. Shout out Felipe. But uh, I guess, you know, the partners that we call them the partners that sent them there to look for me at Millennium because they knew this little kid who was a good dancer used to be around here and they want him to audition for the band. Mm -hmm. So I'm in class one time and this guy like 
he sees me in there and I, he turns to my mom, not knowing that it's my mom. Like, oh my God, there's the kid. Like I've been looking for him for two weeks. My mom is like, who are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, you a grown ass man and you, you, you're looking for my kid. Like, yeah. Right. And he's like, oh, I'm, uh, uh, no, this is, she gave the whole thing, broke it all down. And then she came to me and I met him and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to sing. I'm, I don't want to do it. Wow. And it was like, oh, it's a good opportunity. I was like, yeah, I'll think about it, but I don't know. Started to hear a little bit more about it. Um, not going to lie. Like, I mean, I've always been a young businessman. So once I like saw that, you know, we were guaranteed this amount of money, this and mm-hmm. this amount of years. And I, I was like, I can learn how to sing for this. So, um, <laughs> and that's, that's what happened <laughs> for real. Well, and you did that for four years and obviously yeah. you learned to love, love singing. Do you oh, remember yeah. the moment? that it kind of clicked and you're like, I really enjoy this. Was it like a year or two into it or like how long did it take you to really kind of decide? I would you say within the doing? first, probably first six, six months to a year. Cause we went through a boot camp, an intensive boot camp for about six months. We were there five days a week. We would do school at the rehearsal studio. We would sing for like three, four hours. We would dance for three, four hours. We were having fittings. And this, this went on for six months, just like literally breaking us in conditioning, wow. working out going to Runyon Canyon, like all, I mean, this is a full blown thing. So after that, and we started, you know, rehearsing some of the songs and starting to learn my voice. Also too, it's uh, now that I've gotten older and work with different coaches and things like that, mm-hmm. I've really gotten to appreciate my voice. The, the more the coach understands how to, you know, bring that out of me or what style of voice do I have or this and that in the beginning, mm-hmm. I was just the young kid who had, who was, should have had the highest voice but I never had no vocal training. So they're having me sing the highest parts and I don't have the proper training. So I honestly didn't really enjoy it. I'm like, bro, this hurts. It's tired. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I wasn't getting the best shot that I, that I was, that I was, should have been given. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we roll with the punches and this and that. And yeah. So after I went through that, figured out how to, you know, properly sing, um, got, got their blessing of like, all right, bro, like I'm not going to sing this today because we have a show tomorrow. So like, y'all just gonna have to give me, some more grace, you know, and I have a naturally raspy voice, especially at that age, going through puberty, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, bruh, <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing what I need to do. So it, I had to get through that probably about, probably like 15, 16 years old. I was finally, okay, I could start, start enjoying this. Okay. And then, uh, and then after I left the group though, um, that, that's when I was like, all right, now I can figure out what I actually want to do. Because <laughs> we're sure. we're just singing like pop songs and stuff like that. Not that I that I don't enjoy it, but it's just such a different style, it's such a different tone, it's such a different honestly techniques to to sing certain ways. And I was just uh, I'm just glad that I was in that in that group, but I'm also glad that I got out of it so I could actually learn you know what's best for my for my voice. Sure. I mean, when you get out, then you put out like a piano ballad. It's not even you get out, yeah. and you, you kind of do a slow transition from pop into it's like right out the gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it difficult to make that decision or you just didn't care? Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Um, it wasn't something that I planned. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to mess the game up. I'm going to change a fun or this and that. I, uh-huh. I, I took a year off after I after the group ended. Oh, wow. Um, OK. I, yeah, I didn't do anything. I was I was. 17 i think when i left at the end mm-hmm. and i was like since since i came out here at 10 years old till 17 almost 18 years old even though it's a blessing i had never not worked i've always been on a job on this on this project traveling touring i had never not been working since i got here so just for my own mental for my own brain i was like all right let me just cool it um because I don't, I don't need to rush into the next thing like i said i've been paid for the last three four years i can i can relax i'm also 
still living in my parents' home. So I can relax. You know, I didn't want to overstress myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, even, even with my, the, you're referring to uh, feelings, which is still mm-hmm. my like number one stream song out right now, which is so crazy, which just goes to show like, there is such thing as like, not, not that it's beginner's luck, but when you first, you know, really just like put yourself out there on the line, like it really, mm-hmm. it really does come across. Yeah. Um, and that's how it happened. Yeah. I was just literally, uh, well, actually, no, I was working at, I got a regular job at a place called Tilly's. Okay. I know Tilly's. <laughs> yeah. So I got, I got a job I'm from Southern Tilly's. California. I know Tilly's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got a job at Tilly's in the morning doing the, uh, like the stocking. So I would just, you know, change the prices, fold the shirts. I didn't work with customers. I just did all, see there's a shift from six to 10 AM or seven to 11. Did you have to use that folding board for the t-shirts? Uh, yeah, we did use them, but it, just, yeah. it got to the point that the longest thing for me that I didn't like was the, uh, was the price changing. And I learned just like the skew numbers, like if something was missing and auto, for sure. Oh, it was I hated a lot. folding Especially- shirts, dude. I worked at a van, at a van shoe store and it was like, Oh, oh man, yeah. it was like a nightmare trying to get it to look all perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that though. I don't, I didn't, I didn't mind. I actually always, you know, when you don't work somewhere, you're like, Hmm, it's like a, at in and out. I would love to use the potato cutter. It's right, kind of right. one of those things. I was like, all right, yeah, I can, I'll use the folder. Um, um, but yeah, I was working there and actually thinking about, you know, my girl now I'm saying I've known this girl since I was seven years old. I've always crazy. Known. It's just, it was like this slow thing. So she wasn't even really talking to me. She was in college. She went to Alabama. She had a man, all this stuff, but I'm still folding clothes, thinking about her shit at work. <laughs> so I ended up like literally that that's when that song was, was written. I'm literally sitting here because that, that song is literally me just being caught up in my feelings. She don't even know I'm thinking about her tight mess and I don't really need her to. I'm just, I'm just literally sitting in this moment. And that's what, that's how it came to be. I was folding clothes and just started humming and this and that. And then I think like a day or two later, um, I had just started like getting back in the studio by myself. I'd never done that before. This is a very new thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in the studio by myself. I don't have any tracks. I don't have any this. I don't have any producers. I don't have nothing. So I literally, it's, it's a very simple chord progression. And that, and that was the first one. And I just, you know, from such a pure place of unknown between with, with my relationship with her, with my music career, mm-hmm. with what I was doing, writing it at Tilly's. You know, all that goes into why I think people just feel that record so much because it was so unplanned, so raw, so authentic. You know what I'm saying? That you honestly can't plan for those moments again. It's just mm-hmm. not, it's just not going to happen. What a great story to have though. Like, yeah, man. That, that huge song. And then now you're with her. <laughs> I know. Right. Right. That's rad. That's so rad. Um, you put out your first real EP um, November of 2019. And then the world shuts down with like five months later, four months later. What was that like? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was cool. I will say that I, I do feel like I got to enjoy the project being out. We did a lot of good uh, work with familiar strangers. Um, there's a record on there called rough rider that did really well. Lovey dovey. And these records were just kind of proving to my fans and to myself, honestly, that I could make, uh, unique music you know it's it's not there's a lot of different pockets on there there's a lot of different um elements you know saying that people maybe wouldn't put together you know and mm-hmm. things like that and even when i you know after i've made that project i didn't want to stay in that lane because i knew it was definitely it was like an experimental r&b project um but it still came across very you know understandable it was it's not like it was this very avant-garde sounding thing it's still you can still bop to it. you still know the words 
but just in the sense of the instrumentation, it definitely was an experimental type of project. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I didn't mind it. Um, I actually think, uh, it's done really well. And I think it got played a lot during the beginning of, of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, it, I think it, it was great. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Cause a lot of people kind of put a record out and it was like, they had these big plans to kind of mm-hmm. hit the road and, mm-hmm. and then it was all, you know, obviously yeah, mine had already whole... kind of came out, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, yeah, mm-hmm. it dropped in November. So I had November, December and things didn't really start shutting down until about April. So I really got my like six months after honestly, nowadays too, people's attention spans are very short. So <laughs> I, I, right. I got, I got the time that I needed with that project. Um, I honestly think I just dropped one in July that mm-hmm. super, super, uh, proud of as well but this one i've definitely not had the opportunity of you know promoting it and touring and doing certain things like uh like i was able to do with the first one so it's not that uh i'm not i'm definitely realizing the difference you know what i'm saying not that right. even it's a bad thing i have a lot of other things going on but mm-hmm. it's definitely a little bit harder to you know push out a project when as everybody should they're also even just focusing on themselves we've got a lot of different things that they got to worry about right now right so i'm right. just glad to you know put out some good stuff they my I mean, my fans are loving it. New mm-hmm. people are following it, um, and just giving them just a good body of work. You know, nowadays is even for myself. There's so many other bigger priorities than what music you're listening to, which artists are you blowing up online. You know, and those things. So I don't. I take that as as well with a grain of salt because I'm just I'm a human as well. So I'm not worried about just oh pay attention to me and all this. Like right, my right. music can accompany what you're going through right now. Cool. If not, I'm not mad. Right. Right. <laughs> well, what did you do? Like, I mean, when the first, when the pandemic first started, what were you kind of like, I mean, how did you react to that as far as like an artist? Um, I took a moment, man, as an artist, I, I don't necessarily love to write from a place of like hurt or disappointment uh-huh. or sadness. Um, I know a lot of artists do, they can pull from that. I'm more like, if I, I know I'm having that experience, I'm going to have it. And then I'm going to write after because okay. I just don't want my my people. I just use them as like, you know, my, my congregation of people. I don't want to give them something that's not positive, even though there's still positivity, you know, writing these healing songs. For me, that's not healthy. So for me, I like to I like to give them the best version of myself. So I don't necessarily love to write from. I'm stuck in the house. <laughs> you know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. Like I, I don't really, I didn't really want that. So I was like, all right, let me just listen and be aware. I'm a normal person as well. Let me take a moment. Let me reset. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, do make, go to go to the desert, make a vacation, let's stretch a little more, you know, drink more water. You know, I just really took that time for myself as well. And uh it set me up for this project. Like I said, that dropped in July that I was super mm-hmm. proud of because. I wrote those from a new level of self-love and understanding and being like, okay, even though this is the, this is the vibe right now and everybody's kind of in this headspace, I want to write post COVID, even though we're mm-hmm. still in the, in the pandemic right now. I think, I think my, my project is still very forward thinking. You're not getting any ounce of, I'm, you know, of, of being worried or uh, uncertain. This is a very confident project. Mm-hmm. And that's just me kind of, you know, uh, trying to just like proclaim what I'm going to, even even though we're in the thick of this shit, I'm not going to be writing from this perspective. I like that. I don't live it, you know? Yeah, I like that a lot. It's called Love So Different, and you like you yes. said it came out in July. What's like this? There's a story behind it, right? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's it's a little bit of that. Um, sorry, it's the camera. Um, it's a little <laughs> bit of that. Like I said, uh, just using a 
different level of self-love to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been very, uh, you know, connected to my faith, very confident, um, very, you know, I, I would like to say peaceful and those types of things. And sometimes, you know, you keep those things very personal to yourself because you don't want to, you know, rub anybody the wrong way. It's, you know, mm -hmm. some people just have, a, have an issue with people like being, you know, healthy and good. So I think with with this project, I got over that hump and was like, all right, I'm not going to hold my tongue or hold back the great experience that I'm having, even though we're mid COVID 20, mm -hmm. 20, I'm not. So I, but I, it, yeah, I really wasn't. So it, it really, it that's the level of self-love that I'm saying that I had to use and was like, okay, I can still speak how I'm feeling. You know, you get on records like there, I'm passionate. It's just talking about, I'm a, I'm a passionate and I'm a good dude. You got, you got, uh, which McCollum that don't look away. It's just like, mm -hmm. don't look away. Don't look away from your boy. I'm, I'm doing good. You know, it's like, there's these records on here that I wasn't scared to, to be like, Hey, yo, there, there is a, there is a, just a, a lightheartedness that goes with it. We don't have to be so heavy. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love Billie Eilish's stuff where I, I can't, well, let me not lie. I don't love her stuff. I don't listen to it. I understand it, but I'm not going to write things that are that heavy and that this, and even, even though that, that does have a pocket, um, it's just about doing what's good for you. You know, that that's clearly good for her. And it's not going to be good for me to, I, I can't even write like that. <laughs> like yeah, I can't, yeah. I, if I really even think about it, I, I literally laugh at myself and say, if I'm in a very sad, but when I get to my piano, I'll do it for like maybe 30 minutes. And I'm like, all right, bro, get over this. I'm not, you know, I can't, I can't <laughs> stay in that headspace. Um, so yeah, it's really that. And uh, yeah, just honestly kind of describing the, the love that I exude, the love that God has for me and the love that me and my girl have. It's just all, it's all different. And it's mm -hmm. only reason it's different, you know, not to talk it up is because of the time, which I wrote these songs in is that that wasn't the, the, the typical theme. It was a different way to look at where we were just at and, you know, how to, you know, get over the hump. Mm -hmm. I've never talked about like relationships on this podcast, but I'm very curious now that, like, cause you've been, you've known this girl and you've liked this girl since she was, you guys were like seven years old. Yeah. You have a record called girlfriend on the album. You've obviously are together now. Like when did yes. that come together? Was that during, like, when did you guys uh, get together? No, no, I'm just this curious. Is like, <laughs> this is like three years ago. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I had known her since I was seven or eight years old. She's like two years older than me. Always known. Even when we're at the little dance school, they're just, you know, it's one of these things where even like, it's just so dramatic. That's what I'm just so funny. Like, and I've had, <laughs> look, I've had other girlfriends. I've been with other people. She's had other people. Like, sure. it's one of those things where I've just been sitting here like, uh, you're going to figure it out one day. You're going to figure it out. Like, I remember <laughs> one time, I was like, I was that young. I remember I had like, I used some hair product. And it wasn't vanilla, but it was like this orange stuff. And she's like, oh, it smells like vanilla. That next week, I was like, mom, I need vanilla shampoo and conditioner. And she's like, why? <laughs> like, it's like little, I've, I've been setting her up like her whole life. She just didn't really know. That's so And then uh, I was doing a tour um, for my first project, Familiar Strangers. Mm -hmm. And we, were, we met in Charlotte, North Carolina. So her and a couple of friends drove down there. I haven't seen her in a couple of years. And, you know, she came to the show. I sang Feelings as... It was just kind of like, I think she was like, all right, I, I figured it out. But for her, you know, everybody's relationship is kind of based off, you know, what they see and, you know, maybe what their parents have been through and certain things like that. And, you know, our both of our parents have great relationships, but they lived in the same place. And I live in Cali and she lives on the East Coast. So I think for mm -hmm. her, it was like, this just doesn't make sense. And for me, I'm like, look, it, it's going to have to make sense or it's just never going to be nothing. You know what I'm saying? So um, we we just we made the commitment to, you know, make it work. You know what I'm saying? At first 
year and a half, two years was definitely a little tough. She's still on the East Coast. Oh, wow. Still, she lives in Miami, but she has a great job. She's got her own business down there and doing things like that. So we're very supportive. I see We see each other like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we fly back and forth. It's definitely, it, it takes some effort, but um, I can imagine. I've been waiting for this long. I'm not in a rush to be in the same place. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? She's like, oh, I just can't wait. I'm like, I can't wait to be in the same place either, but you see how much we're getting to know each other by just talking this much. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's just how I look at it. I think so many people get distracted by like, even though you're in love with somebody, even married couples, they can just get so distracted by the, the in front of you thing. And I think me and her have just reached such a, a different depth because we don't have just sex and certain things to just, you know, distract us and just right. be like, Oh, well, this is great because you look cute and we do fun things and that like, we really, really know about each other. So it's, right. it's cool. I love that. And you obviously have the yeah, history man. there from yeah. being a young age and, and similar passions. Um, so you're obviously you're in this net, you're in a Netflix show and you have a song yeah. in the show. How did you like, how was that? That must've been a, like, tell how me about getting the song yet. Yeah. yeah like, how, <laughs> like talk to me about getting the song in the show and being in it at the same time. I mean, yeah, I would imagine well, they're like, okay, you're an actor, but wait, you have a song that you want to pitch to us. Like what's going on here? Yeah. So, um, Yes. First off, shout out Netflix. Shout out Never Have I Ever. We just got confirmed for season three yesterday. So that is a big win. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, yes, we were getting ready to shoot the finale episode. And my character, Marcus Jones, they wanted me to do this little dancing. They knew that I danced. Um, so they wrote that in the script. So I was basically going to do this dance to ask Shira to the prom. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yo, we want to do. Um, somewhat of just like, you know, a TikTok vibe dance. You know, everybody wants to freaking bite off TikTok vibe of things. <laughs> and um, and they were like, well, we don't know what song yet. We're going to do um, this and that. Uh, we'll send you um, some options. And then my, my bell went off and I was like, hey, um, I actually have a song that I think would uh, be pretty well for that, for that scene. You know, let's see. So I send them the song, send it to production, you know, all the business people, and they go back and forth. And they said, hey, based off, some logistic things. We already have, we already have a song that we're going to use for that section, but we want to use your song in the prom scene at, at the, like at the end. And I was like, okay, for sure. Like, first mm-hmm. off, never even planned to have my song in there first. Right. Secondly, it's dope that they had me dance. And then for me to think, all right, well, they don't want to use it for the dance part. I mean, it might not work. And then they call me back and say, nah, we're still going to put it in there. Um, that, that's just how it came out. And it was really cool because Lang, who's uh, one of the main writers, her Mindy, was like, yo, I think this just matches perfect. And, it, and, it, and, it, and I, you know, biased, non-biased, I really think it does. There's a lot of times with these songs and shows and movies, there's just so, um, so basic, if I might mm-hmm. say, you know, not right. anyway, you know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's not like a real artist putting out the song. So you can literally just, it's, oh, this just sounds like a stock sound. Right. When you heard that come on, you know, it, and it and it's proof because I even checked um, um, you know, my statistics after I, it got Shazam upwards of like five thousand times within I think the first Whoa. couple of days or a week of this song coming out. So that just shows that you know, you have a real a real song and, and a thing. It still catches people's keep uh, catches people's ears. So I'm just super blessed to have that in there. And uh, yeah, people are loving it, man. It was just cool on set too because you know everybody's you know they're playing they were actually playing it on set. That That's was cool. cool. People don't really know that, but um, it wasn't one of those things that they just put in after. They were playing that thing all day on set. So it it actually made sense. It was like, okay, we're in a prom. It's bopping. Okay, everybody's got their date at the prom. You know, don't look at my girlfriend. It was just, (laughs) it just, it just, it just worked out perfectly. And I'm I'm very, uh, very pleased. 
That's so cool. That is so cool. Did a lot of people on set know that you were a singer at that time or they just think you're an actor? Um, I knew the cast knew, um, okay. you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of the extras and things that were there, they didn't know. Uh, I think a lot of the crew probably didn't know either, mm-hmm. um, but they definitely knew, you know, after that. Right. They're probably like, damn, I didn't know it was I didn't know it was going to be played while we shot. So I'm getting ready for the scene. I knew that it was going to be at that part and I'm in wardrobe or I'm at crafty, like grabbing a snack. And I wasn't in there while they were, I guess, filming this one certain part. And I start hearing it and I'm like, oh, they not playing this on set. I was like, no way. <laughs> so I go in there and we're, and I'm still not my scene yet, but they're playing it every single take. And that once I heard that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm lit. That's tight. That it is so cool. rad. Yeah. That is so rad. And the most recent song or single in, in the video, Passionate, talk to me about that a little bit. <laughs> Passionate, man. Uh, it's, Great record. We shot the uh, video in Newport Beach. Wow. Um, shout out to my friend Olivia Wong. She's an incredible dancer, um, artist in her, herself, not a music artist, but just sad. But if she just heard me say dance, she does a lot of things. So Olivia Wong, great artist, you know, just all around entertainer. Um, and yeah, man, I wrote that song, like I said, in middle of 2020, second half of 2020. Um, and that song really just describes how my girl likes how I'm passionate. Just everything that I do is, is, is in a passionate way. You know what I'm saying? The way I, way I touch her, the way I ask her questions, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a gentleman, you know what I'm saying? So I was really just putting that coat on and um, just be, trying to, trying to give the, the female listener an opportunity to, to know what it would be like if you were involved with me and give guys the opportunity to play the song while they with their girl and, you know, try to cut love. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's the record right there. I love it. That's awesome. And the, the record's rad. Love's so different. And thank you so much, Dana, for doing this. I appreciate it. No, oh, thank you, Adam. This was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. I have one more question for you before I let you go. Yeah. Do you have Please. any advice for aspiring artists? Yes, I uh, definitely have some advice for aspiring artists. Um, I would say to make sure you still make time for regular life. More than anything, I think a lot of artists, especially when you make a big jump, you make a move, you you really invest a lot of money, you know, you do things. It, it, it can be hard to be like, all right, even though I did this, I still got to pay attention to my everyday. And I think I make the best music when I don't make music for a while and I just come back. And that first week or two is just that's kind of how I've written all my projects. You know what I'm saying? That's how this last one came out. I did music. Like I said, I took some time off, went to the desert, did this, chilled. And then I finally got back on the keyboard and the project basically came together in two weeks. So I think that, I think that goes with any, you know, kind of art form, of course, practice, don't be lazy. Don't do things. If you make an investment into a studio, be in your studio, but also value your time outside of that as well, because we will get older. We will want other things in life. We will want families. We want this. And you don't want to not, you want to set up your career, but you want to set up your life as well. Cause you know, you don't, you don't want your life to be your career. Cause if your career doesn't do well, then your life's not going well. And that would be my, my biggest piece of advice. Cause you don't, you don't want, you don't want those things to be attached or then you're always feeling like you got to work to be good. And if your work is doing shitty, then you're doing shitty. And that's, it's not maybe the healthiest thing. To do.